This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the mom room. I am recording this on Friday morning and I woke up with a sore throat or did I wake up in the middle of the night? I feel like it was the middle of the night. Last night before bed, I could tell my sinuses were off, like a little bit runny. Milo has been sniffling this week, but nothing more. But if you know me, you know that Milo gets a sniffle, I get a sniffle, and then it turns into a sinus infection that lasts for weeks. I am trying to avoid this. I'm looking for somewhere in Guelph to get one of the IVs to boost your immunity and try and fight this cold. I don't mind having a little cold. That's fine. It's just the sinus infection that I am trying to avoid. And of course, I have a trip to New York planned on Tuesday. It was going to be a quick trip, one night, recording nonstop, getting off the plane, recording, 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 sleeping, recording, 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 getting back on the plane, going home. I had booked this trip in March, but that was when we had to put Muffin down and we ended up canceling that trip. So I rebooked it, and if I have to cancel it again, I'm going to freak my freak. Anywho, enough about that. Today's guest is someone that I have known since I was little, not personally, but watching them on TV every single day after school, 3 p.m., put on the TV, and watch Saved by the Bell. Her name is Tiffany Thiessen, but you may know her as Kelly Kapowski. She has two children, grade two and grade eight, and so we do get into her transition into motherhood, postpartum, also feeding kids. I was curious, does it get easier? Does it get harder? We also go off on a tangent on cold plunges because I know that she cold plunges regularly and it's something that, like, I want to be the kind of person that cold plunges. I just do. I don't know where I would put this cold plunge I really don't. And I hope it wouldn't be like one of those things where you spend a bunch of money on this thing and then you don't use it. Maybe after the snow comes, I'll just jump in the snow with a bathing suit on and see how that goes. Okay, enough about cold plunge. Tiffany has a brand new cookbook called Here We Go Again, Recipes and Inspiration to Level Up Your Leftovers, coming out September 26th, available for pre-order now. It is quite literally the most genius idea for a cookbook. Teach me what to do with my leftovers. And it's not just leftover meals. It's leftover items like produce, dairy, meat, bread. If you have things hanging around in your pantry, she will show you what to do with them. I am most excited about trying the leftover pizza breakfast sandwich. 
I will be ordering pizza, keeping some in the fridge overnight just so I can make that recipe. So without further ado, please welcome Tiffany Thiessen, actress, host, and cookbook author to the Mom Room podcast. The first question that I like to ask people that come on the podcast is what their transition into motherhood was like. Do you remember anything being harder than you had anticipated or anything unexpected? Where do I begin? Yes, so much harder. I don't think you can ever step into something like parenting fully knowing what it's going to be like. And I think even more so for women because, you know, we're carrying we're carrying the children, right? So pregnancy luckily was pretty nice, but definitely I didn't know what to expect. I was so tired, you know, during that first trimester and I was working during that all that whole entire time. So that was probably the hardest part at the beginning is having to be on set for long hours and, you know, being newly pregnant in that first trimester was was a lot. I didn't have too much sickness, morning sickness, but definitely had queasy moments for sure. But I would say if I were to choose like the harder part, I would say pregnancy was easier for me. It's that first six months that was much, much harder for me. And I think it was for my body, mentally, hormonally, new baby, you know, all of it, all of it. That that first six months was the hardest for sure. I remember being very surprised at the recovery process and like the physical pain afterwards. I was like, whoa, nobody told me. And I don't think people talk about it enough. Like they don't, they talk about so much of the, every month there was something new to learn about your pregnancy, about the baby. And then after having the baby, it was all still about the baby and not really about us anymore, which is kind of crazy because there's so much to understand the hormonal and emotional and your body and all of that, that I honestly didn't even think about because I don't think people were talking about it enough. Yeah, I remember thinking like, why did I spend so much time decorating the nursery and like preparing for labor and not preparing at all for postpartum? Agree. Totally agree. Yeah, absolutely. So you have a milestone birthday coming up. You're going to be 50 in January, which is wild. I know most of my listeners are probably in their 20s or their 30s. A lot of them have really young kids. Like, what is something that you wish someone had said to you? Or myself saying it to my younger self, right? There's a few things I would say. One, take it in, right? And I feel like even even when I first had my kids, people were like, it goes by so fast. And, you know, you kind of hear it and you put it in one ear and it kind of goes out the other. But it's so true because I'm looking back and now I have a teenager and an eight-year-old and I'm, I truly cannot believe it because I do believe the years are going faster, right? Faster, even faster than they were when they were little. They say that the days are long and the years are short, right? There's that saying, and it could not be more true. It could not be more true. Now I feel like the days and the years are going <laughs> so much faster. So to really kind of relish in sort of those smaller moments because they shift so much they shift so much. And, and I go back, you know, every now and then, and I look at little videos and pictures of when they were little. And, you know, I cherish those moments so much. But sometimes I felt like they got fogged over with all the tired and, you know, trying to potty train and trying to, you know, you know, wean off the breastfeeding or, you know, whatever it was that I was going through at the moment. 
sometimes I felt like had a lot more attention than those little small moments sometimes. So, and it's hard. It's hard to, it's like, again, like I'm saying this, but it's really hard sometimes to go back and think like, it's impossible, but I would definitely say try to as much as possible. And also really, I look back to, because, you know, those years of having kids were really all about the kids, you know, as much as I still had to work sometimes. And I, you know, tried to be really good about giving, you know, my marriage just as much thought and attention but it really is mostly about the kids, right? And now as I'm starting to get older and my kids are a little more independent and a little more self-sufficient, I love that I understand that it's coming back to a, a better balance, I would say, probably where I'm putting a little more time into myself again, which I think is important for my kids to see that I'm doing that, whether it's me going to the gym or going hiking or you know, just spending time with some of mommy's friends and things like that, really just caring for my own mental and physical health too. So know that that'll come back. That'll, that'll come back full circle again and enjoying like time with my husband again, you know, where it's not just always the kids. Does it feel different? It does feel different. I feel much more, I feel much more settled. Like, you know, turning 40, I feel like was a little harder for me. I was a little more nervous. I was a little more like, oh my gosh, I'm turning 40 because I think hormonally, I was still all in that. You know, I was 36 when I had my first and I was 41 when I had my second. So I was still all in that sort of up and down emotional hormonal thing where now I feel a little more settled in myself again. You still get, you know, nervous about raising two kids and now it's more about the teen stuff now and making sure my kid is, you know, you know, getting what he needs at school and reading and all those types of things, right? There's still all of that, but but I feel more settled in myself, I guess, in where I am than I was probably even in my 30s and my 40s. Do you feel like your life is more balanced because you are now able to put attention and effort like to prioritize yourself, your relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. I heard that you do ice baths and I wish I was a person that did ice baths. Like I want to be that person (laughs) or even cold showers. Well, cold showers, you know, it's so funny. Everybody says that I think cold showers are 10 times harder because it's moving water. You know what I mean? And there's the mental part of like showers generally to me feel like they should be warm, right? Like it's, it's like a mental thing. Like, you know, who wants to get into a cold shower? Not me, but I think you know, ice plunging, plunging, cold plunging, whatever you want to call it. When you know that's what it's there for, you know, showers to go and get clean, right? Ice plunging, you know, cold plunging is is a whole separate thing. So I like that I separate it into a different place. And I think that helps mentally a little bit. But yes, I'm addicted to it. I love it. My family in in Texas has been doing it for years before it became like uber popular in the last year. I threw up my back last December. I knew I was going to Texas. And so I knew I was going to be doing it while I was there. And I just told my husband, I was like, you know, I really want to make this a part of our weekly sort of, you know, part of like, no differently than I go to the gym or I take a hike or I meditate or whatever. I want to add this more into our lives a lot more than we were doing. And so, so yeah, we started ice bathing as a community kind of, you know, sort of what my, like my family does in, in, in Texas and, so we got friends that were like-minded and wanted to try it, or maybe they've already done it. And so they wanted a place to do it with a bunch of people around them that, you know, was, you know, kind of uplifting and fun to do. And so we started doing it, you know, once a week and, 
And then, you know, I've been doing it, you know, I have an actual plunge, so I get to do it all the time. So I, I generally try to do it, you know, four days a week. So for people listening who are like, why would someone do that? Like, what are the benefits that you have found? It's kind of endless. So the the ones that are the most popular would be it's anti-inflammatory. So that's why I started doing it again when I threw my back out. But the mental aspect of it as well is if not, in my opinion, even bigger, the dopamine effect that you get from ice plunging is huge. So a lot of people kind of compare it to say, you know, dopamine effects with drugs or alcohol, you know, you, you, you take a drug or you, you have a glass of, 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 of wine or, you know, have a cocktail and, you know, your dopamine kind of goes up and, and then it slowly, you know, sort of dissipates and then drops really, really fast and becomes almost a depressant. The thing about cold plunging is that the dopamine effect rises up and instead of dropping, it stays constant for quite a few hours, which is why if you talk to anybody who's, who's done it, you feel like you can like climb Mount Everest afterwards. And then instead of dropping like a glass of wine would do to you, right, it actually gradually just goes back to normal. So there's no big, you know, sort of drop in, in your sort of mindset, which is what's so amazing about it. But there's other things too. I mean, it helps people who have anxiety. We have lots of friends who come over and do it for that. It helps with, like I said, anti-inflammatory. It could help with focus. I've noticed differences in even my cellulite, I feel like. There's so many great benefits to it, hence why I do it so often. I need to get one. My hu- Now my husband tonight's going to be like, who'd you talk to today? <laughs> like, Because you're online you looking. Need- yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. That's usually how it works, right? <laughs> yeah. So how old are your kids now? I know they're a bit older. My son's five. I have an eight-year-old little boy, and then I have a 13-year-old girl. Okay. And so in your experience, as I said, most listeners probably have young kids. Is feeding them now easier or does it? Yes. It is easier. It's easier. Oh, thank God. It's easier. Okay. It's easier because one, you can rationalize with them a lot more than when they're young, right? It's very hard. Even though I felt like I could sneak in things a little easier than I can now, but now it's more me telling them like, this is what's good for you. You need this, like the benefits and understand that, you know, there's reasonings why we need to eat a certain way, right? So there's a little bit of that. I'm not saying it's like perfect. And I'm still having to tell my son, like, you got to eat the broccoli, dude. Like, you got to just do it. Like, you you talk about wanting muscles. This is what's going to give you some muscles, all right? So stuff like that, you know? And you can't do that with a one, two-year-old. So I do feel like it does get easier. I feel like exposure, they have more exposure because now they're going to school. They're seeing other kids eat things. They're seeing, you know, they're a little more open to trying new things because I'm exposing them to whether it's restaurants or travel, that gets a little bit easier. So I do find it easier. And that's what's so interesting too about parenting. I feel like, you know, every section of, of the years through with kids, there's always going to be hard parts. And then some of those hard parts get easier in another time frame. but then other hard parts come in, right? So yeah, food might be easier right now, but now I'm dealing with, you know, worried that, you know, my daughter, you know, is being exposed to things at 13 that I don't really want her to be exposed to, you know, like it's, it's, there's always going to be worries and difficulties at different stages, but they just shift, they shift. 
Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode of The Mom Room and providing me with samples. You know how a lot of people can't leave the house without a water bottle? It's like their emotional support water bottle. I am the exact same way with facial tissues. And that is because I have such bad allergies, specifically in my sinuses, to the point where I know I'm going to have to blow my nose multiple times in a day, and I cannot be out in public without my emotional support facial tissues. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Now I know if I have a big event, maybe I'm going to a concert, going out for dinner, I don't want to be blowing my nose every two seconds. It's very unbecoming. And so I will take Claritin D and enjoy my evening. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter or ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. This episode is brought to you by Little Spoon. If you're like me, then the bane of your existence is thinking about what to feed your children, prepping food, going to the grocery store, all of the above. Who has the time? We are all so busy, and it's important to incorporate things into our life that keep our life as simple and convenient as possible. Lil Spoon is one way to do just that. They deliver fresh, healthy meals and snacks straight to your door that your kid will love at every eating stage they are in. The baby blends are fresh, organic baby food from single ingredients to multi-textured purees to take the stress out of starting solids. They partner with Clean Label Project to test their blends for 400 plus contaminants, including heavy metals. So you know you're getting good stuff. The Biteables are finger food meals that are cut to size to promote easy self-feeding and they are healthy, balanced, and free of artificial junk. The Little Spoon Plates are toddler and big kid meals that are free of junk and they taste amazing. Even the pickiest eaters will love them. Think hidden veggie mac and cheese, chicken nuggets, and adventurous eats like potstickers, gnocchi, and more. They also offer really fun things like puffs, they have smoothies, lunchers, and snacks. You quite literally never have to think about food again. It's just easy peasy. And did I mention this all comes right to your door? It is so flexible, so easy, and everything stores right in the fridge and freezer. The price is right. The quality is unmatched. You are going to love it and your kids are going to love it. It is just a huge win for your family. Simplify your kids' mealtime with 30% off your first order. Go to littlespoon.com slash momroom and enter our code momroom at checkout to get 30% off your first Little Spoon order. I want to talk about your new cookbook that's coming out. So it comes out September 26th. It's called Here We Go Again. I have seen bits and pieces of it. It is beautiful. Can you explain what the concept of the book is? Because it's genius and it's so unique. Yeah, it's very unique. So I'll, I'll go back to sort of the reason and how I came about with the idea. I had the idea sort of spark at the beginning of COVID when all of us were too scared to go to the grocery store. So when we did go, we were very strategic about what we were buying. And, and I think we were kind of forced to like really make things last. 
And I got to thinking like, this is how my mom used to shop, right? And it wasn't because of COVID and it wasn't because we were scared to go to the grocery store. It was because my parents didn't have a lot of money. So they were trying to stretch the food to help the budget that we were on as, you know, when I was young. So my mom was making a roasted chicken and potatoes on Monday night. And then that chicken was left over, was made into enchiladas on Tuesday, you know, that kind of thing. And it really got me thinking like, this is how all of us should really be looking at meal prepping and cooking in the kitchen. And, and I, I've always tried to instill, you know, the, the idea of, of how food waste is such a huge contributor to global warming. And, and I, I don't think a lot of people understand how, how much we do waste as a society. We generally waste about 40% of our food, you know, from the things that get thrown away at home to big corporations like grocery stores, coffee shops, you know, like all of that. It's astonishing and quite sad, actually, especially knowing the food insecurity that we have with a lot of people right now in our in our country and in our world. So so this was an idea that I was like, you know what, this starts at home first. We can make massive changes in the way we look at our food that already we're buying and already the things that are in our pantry. And, you know, my kids would be, oh, you know, mom, we got to throw this chip bag away. These are all broken. Well, no, I can actually show you many things you can do with all those broken chips or pretzels. You know, the leftover rice. I always have leftover rice. You know, I can show you quite a few things you can do with leftover rice. I can show you quite a few things you can do with all the leftover meat or the produce that's starting to go a little bit soft in your fridge. Instead of throwing it away, I can show you what to do with that. And so I had never seen a cookbook like that ever. And so I was like, this is this is my next book. And that's kind of how it started. It's funny you say the meal planning because that's what usually happens. Like Sunday, it's like, okay, Monday, we're going to make this. Then Tuesday, you're going to make this. And it's completely different meals. But then what ends up happening is we make too much on Monday. Now you have leftovers. And something I know about you and your husband is that he doesn't eat leftovers. He hates leftovers. Mine doesn't either. I thought I was the only one that had to deal with that. So I find I find a very big challenge now, and I have been for a while, where I find the challenge in taking leftovers and making them into something, just like I do in the book, and and totally fooling my husband, which is amazing. Because he has here's no your, here's idea. Here's your brand new meal. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So definitely so needed. Was he the inspiration also for the cookbook? He was definitely a huge inspiration for this, for sure, because I know he's not the only one that has an issue with leftovers. When you make the recipes and you're testing out leftover meals, is he the taste tester or are the kids? Yeah, because I mean, half the time he doesn't even know that it's leftovers. So yeah, my family is a huge inspiration for, you know, all of my recipes. They're the ones that I'm giving it to, to test on. So I've got, you know, different ages, uh, you know, that I've got, you know, testing my food and stuff like that, for sure. Absolutely. And what's the layout of the book? Is it by meal? It's actually broken up into chapters from bread to everything produce to everything meat to everything dairy to everything cheese. I even have a whole section on holidays because I know generally most people make holiday food a lot. Like they, they generally double and triple it and make it a lot more. So I always know that people have a lot more leftover foods during the holidays. So I break a lot of very typical ingredients and recipes from holidays and I break that up into a whole chapter as well. So when you had the idea for the book, can you kind of take us through the process? So you're like, okay, this is the kind of cookbook I want to put out. But 
What was the process? I always wonder this with cookbooks. Like, were you just cooking for like six months straight? You cook a lot. You definitely cook a lot. This time around, because it was a whole new book, some of the recipes were inspired by ones that I already had. Some were brand new. You you kind of come up with the idea. You kind of understand sort of how you want to break the book down. And I, and I did want to break it down into chapters like that. So that's always very helpful. And then you go through ideas, ideas of leftover, you know, sort of ingredients or leftover food. And that's how I broke that book down. And then it was testing every single recipe, not just once, not just twice, quite a few times. Some, you know, worked, some didn't, some needed some help, some needed some changes and shifting. So that's a long process. And, and a lot of people don't realize like, you know, books, books take a long time. They take, especially for colorway books, like cookbooks. My husband also is a, is a, is a book guy. He writes and illustrates children's books and graphic novels. And so his is also a very long process as well. Besides writing, he's coloring. So like, you know, mine's recipe testing and then photography, right? Takes a while. His is like literally having to draw and colorize every single individual page or like graphic novels, they're individual boxes, you know, like comic books. So it's a very long process. So most books take from beginning to end of printing because printing takes a long time as well. It can go two to three years before. Oh, wow. Do you remember when you had this idea, like when that was? Yeah, this one was at the beginning of COVID. So it was 2020. Wow. And so you must be like, like your baby is almost like ready to be born. Isn't it crazy? It's crazy. (laughs) So yeah, it's, it's nuts to think about that. It's basically three years, you know, again, that, and it took me three years for the first one too. Wow. And so initially when I heard the concept leftovers, I think a lot of people think it's like a full meal. So you made spaghetti and now you have leftover spaghetti. Like, what am I going to do with the spaghetti? Which I do have. I mean, I have recipes that are like that. I have recipes like I have a recipe for leftover risotto, which is a made meal, right? I have leftover spaghetti. I have pizza, what you can do with leftover pizza. But there's also more individual type stuff like rice or like, you know, a little bit of, of, of wine. I'm going to show you how to make a cocktail out of that little bit of wine, which a lot of times I don't have leftover wine, but you know what I mean? (laughs) But that buttermilk that you bought for another recipe, I'm going to show you a couple of different things you can do with that buttermilk. So it doesn't go to waste because not everybody uses buttermilk like they do a normal dairy. Right. So it's things like that as well, besides, you know, already made spaghetti. So the worst thing that I would say that we end up throwing out is, and I'm going to blame my husband again, because like, I'll make grilled cheeses and stuff for my son, but my husband doesn't, like, he doesn't eat sandwiches. He doesn't eat bread. So if you buy a loaf of bread, you keep it out. Like, sometimes we don't use all of it on time. So is that a common one? Very common. Like, you should definitely make breadcrumbs because those can actually be stored in your pantry for a very long time. Interesting. And what about crackers? Because that's another one. Same thing. So crackers, chips, pretzels, all those things. And that's what I was saying with my kids that they won't eat if they're all broken at the bottom. Those are great, you know, sort of, you know, great 
you know, sort of like coatings for like fried chicken sandwiches, fried chicken, you know, any sort of like coating. I do like old school. My mom used to make these like cheese balls back in the day where you would take them to like potlucks and stuff like that. You know, those are great places to put, you know, broken pretzels over. Yes, there's there's lots of stuff like that in my book for 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 that very reason. Yes. Are you kitchen savvy? Because I'm terrible in the kitchen. What do you mean by kitchen savvy? Like, have you always been someone that was really into cooking meals and Yeah, I mean, I was always I was, you know, as a little girl, I was always watching all the women in my family in the kitchen. So you know, I wanted just to be with them. So then I was around it constantly. And then as I got older, then I was cooking with them. And then it got to a place where, you know, like, oh, you know how to cook. So then you're going to take Thanksgiving. And so I've been doing the Thanksgivings, you know, for years now. So yes, cooking has always been a huge part of like something that I've enjoyed, something that I loved connecting with my family. And, you know, as I got older through friends as well. And so if people listening are like intimidated by following a recipe or getting a cookbook, is this book, would you recommend it to people who are a little bit shy in the kitchen? I've always, I've always said to people, I am not a professional chef. I did not go to culinary school. I don't own a restaurant. I don't have a catering business. This is me enjoying cooking for my friends and my family, small batches generally. And, and, and I'm not trained. This is all me just exploring and learning from other people like my, like my mom and my grandmother and my aunt. And, and my, my recipes are very user-friendly. They're not from a Michelin star chef. (laughs) You know what I mean? And that can be really daunting. It could be like, you know, you look at some of these cookbooks and I have a ton of them, but they're like coffee table books to me because I'll get inspired by maybe some of the ingredients or I'll get inspired by the photography because it's beautiful, but I don't cook like that. That's I, Who am I going to serve that to? <laughs> not my, not my husband, not my kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I generally say, you know, both my cookbooks and especially this one is extremely user-friendly because that's just not who, that's just not how I cook. It's not who I am. My husband and I both turn the big four zero next year, and we have been thinking a lot about our long-term health. We want to get smarter about our health, make better choices, but also not feel overwhelmed trying to separate fact from fiction. There is so much information out there, and it can be hard to figure out what applies to you, what is right, and what is wrong. Well, let me introduce you to the Zoe Science and Nutrition Podcast. With the help of world-leading scientists, they help you make smarter health choices every week. Don't just take my word for it. Naomi's Apple Review says, Zoe Science and Nutrition is super easy to consume even if you don't understand the science. With loads of actionable tips, a great mix of guests, and interesting cutting-edge science. You can't go wrong with a weekly podcast where world-leading scientists explain how their own research could improve your health. If you're ready to join millions of others like Naomi transforming their health, then search for Zoe Science and Nutrition wherever you listen to podcasts. 
This episode is brought to you by Lola V. Lola V is an award-winning hair care line by none other than Jennifer Aniston. They offer clean, plant-powered products for every hair type and texture. I just did my whole hair care routine with all the products the other night and I am obsessed. Along with incredible shampoo and conditioner, they have an intensive repair treatment that you can use once a week. They also have a lightweight hair oil. There's a leave-in treatment and there's also a glossing detangling which I need because lately I want to do my hair in like a slicked back look, but my hair is too frizzy. Get 15% off Lola V with the code MOMROOM at www.lolav.com slash MOMROOM and Lola V is L-O-L-A-V-I-E. So do you have advice for parents who struggle with ideas for what to make their kids? Like especially at age like Milo's five younger kids like we want them to try things like what did you do with your kids to kind of get them keep trying yeah. just keep trying and and also you know have it on your plate right so as much as they may say no 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 and they did for so long like my my especially my son he was not a vegetable kid at all he's better now he's better because i just kept putting it on the plate i kept eating it in front of him I kept trying. And, you know, there's something to be said about, I don't know, peer pressure, I guess you could call it that, or just lead by example, right? Or maybe they're getting inspired by something that at school or watching, like, you know, my my son's very into, funny enough, he's very into health. Like he does, he wants to do sit-ups and he wants to like, he just learned about Bruce Lee and he's like, oh my gosh, that guy's so cool. So, you know, I tell him like, you think Bruce Lee doesn't eat broccoli? Or he did, man. He ate a lot of broccoli. You know, like it's stuff like that that starts to become a little bit easier as they get older. Just keep trying. A mistake that I think a lot of parents make is like, oh, my kid doesn't like that. So then you never offer it to them again. No, but that's the thing. They, they're, they're, their palates change constantly, especially at that age. They're always changing. So, and you can tell them that. That's the thing. Like, you may not have liked this before, but I want you to try it again because your body has changed. Your palate has changed. All your, all your, you know, senses are still developing. So something that you may not have liked when you were two, you're going to probably, you might like it now. So let's try it again. Yeah. My husband always, he like tends to want to make him something completely different. And I'm like, no, we need to serve him what we're having, even though we know he is probably not going to touch it put it in front of him on his plate so that he knows. Definitely try. I mean, you know, I make it I make it kid-friendly to a certain degree. I'm not going to put caviar on top of his pancakes, right? I mean, come on. But I think there's something to be said about at least showing a little bit, you know? Not wasting, of course, but showing a little bit of how it can be. Yeah, I agree. Keep trying. I, like, I always think back to all of a sudden one day, our son, he was like three at the time, just ate the broccoli. And we were like, oh, like, don't make a big deal out of it. Like, no. Yeah, don't make a big deal yeah. about it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's true. And then sometimes they'll find stuff on their own. Like my son loves seaweed. I oh, mean, wow. I tried like, that. Right? I like, do it. Like literally loves seaweed. I don't even I don't like, like it, girl. It. Like, I don't like it either. I mean, I like sushi and I'll, I'll eat it, you know, when I'm having sushi rolls. But just to eat it as a snack, not my thing. Oh, wow. He loves it. And he found it all on his own. Yeah. I love that. So right now, how often would you say you grocery shop or how do you meal plan or plan your week for food? Do you go once a week or? We're about a once a week kind of kind of family. This week I stretched it a little bit just because I haven't had time, which is not a bad thing because then I'm pulling things out of the fridge or freezer, which is great. 
It depends on the week too. Like tonight we're going out because we have a birthday celebration. So I'm not cooking dinner tonight. So, so I was able to stretch, you know, not going to the grocery store a little bit longer. So, but generally it's, I would say on average, it's probably once a week and I'm not a meal prepper, but I'm a meal planner. I don't have time to, well, I don't have time to meal prep. I just don't have time. And half the time, if I were to do that, it's going to look very different by the end of the week. Cause if I am cooking some things, I want to be able to make them into something else by the end of the week. So I don't meal prep. I, I try to menu plan and then shop from that menu plan and then go from there. That makes sense. I have some quick, not quick, but I have some fun questions for you. What is your favorite recipe from the cookbook? It's hard. It's like picking a favorite child, yeah. but I'll try. <laughs> I think one of the favorite ones that was fun to do because I feel like it's so relatable is what to do with leftover pizza and make it into a breakfast sandwich. Cause I think it's fun, you know, cause I feel like everybody, even college kids have leftover Is there an pizza, egg on right? that? You put an egg yes. on it? Oh, genius. Yes. So that's a really fun one and kind of a favorite, but then nostalgic, you know, for, for, for the nostalgic part of me, which is very much this book for, for me, as you can see the sausage beans and greens. I, I created that recipe purely because I, as a kid, I was obsessed with bacon, you know, the bean and bacon soup from Campbell's. It was my favorite. It was my favorite soup. And it's kind of like in the movie Ratatouille at the very end when he has that dish and he gets brought back to his childhood. That's what that soup does for me. And so I wanted to create a version of that soup that, of course, is a little healthier and but make it sort of that same sort of the elements be sort of the same. So that's the sausage, beans, and greens in my in my, in my my new cookbook. Here we go again. Yeah. So you're a guest on Celebrity MasterChef. What are you making Gordon Ramsay? Oh my gosh. Like what's your specialty that you're like, I'm going to blow Ooh. his mind? That's a hard mind to blow. <laughs> wow. Hmm. I don't know. It's like, you know, do you go simple because that's just who I might be more apt to like, you know, get him on a good, you know, sort of burger or do I blow his mind with like a bourguignon, you know? I don't think so, right? Like he's he's who he is. I'd be making like air fryer sweet potato fries and like I'm I I could never. <laughs> yeah. I, I I would be pretty nervous too, I have to say even though he's an awesome, totally cool guy. But to actually cook for him is a whole different ballgame. I'm probably going to have to go more simple because I feel like that'll be more relatable to me. You know what I mean? To do. And so it would be like some really good homemade pizzas or it would be like a really good burger or, you know, something like that. I don't know if I would go too fancy because I feel I would have more room to have him critique me. That's true. His expectations would be like, yeah. I think so, right? It's true. Yeah. Are there any gadgets in the kitchen that you can't live without that you use all the time? Yes. A good cast iron stock pot for sure. Like anything that can do my stews and, you know, anything that's, you know, those big hefty, hefty dishes that I was just talking about, like a bourguignon. And a good set of knives. You got to yes. have a good set of knives. Yes. I, I go to so many friends' houses, and I'm not going to name them and shame them, but they have the crappiest knives. And I'm like, how do you how do you cut with these? These are terrible. I mean, so a good set of knives is like 
probably one of the most important. Can I ask what brand of knives you have? I use a few. Okay, you don't want to say. <laughs> I'm like, is this is this like a? <laughs> it's so hard. Well, you know, it's hard when you when you start talking labels, I know, right? I know, I know. And then they get upset because I might be doing something with someone else. I, know, I was and just all that curious because. Kind of I, for me, like a couple years ago, invested in knives because like we used to buy our knives, like no offense, but like we would buy our knives at any old store and they would like rust and they were terrible. So I invested in knives and it has been life changing. Yeah, it's, it is life changing. You're absolutely right. Yeah, for anything, like the smallest thing, like peeling a kiwi, like cutting a tomato. It's- yeah. Oh, completely. I mean, Me- Mesomeister is probably one of my most favorite. Okay, there you go. But I can, I can send you. Oh, okay. They're probably one of my most favorites. And I I think because for me, I have kind of small hands. I don't have very large hands. And and so I like that their handles are a little bit on the smaller side. So, What leftover do you think tastes better the next day? Pizza. Yeah. Why? Do you eat it cold? I love it cold. Yeah. I love it cold. Pizza is definitely probably a number one, I would say. Yeah. I'm sure everyone would agree. Pizza is just... So good. What is the most versatile food item that people should keep in their fridge that can be used for all different kinds of things? I mean, dairy is used, you know, any sort of dairy or non-dairy. That's a great one because you can do so many things. You know, lots of recipes call for it or it's just really good in your coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's true. So you are heading out on a book tour soon, which is so exciting. Is it all American cities? Yes. I mean, I would love to go overseas, but right now it's because I think the book doesn't go overseas until a little bit later. So unless you, I guess, buy it over here, I'm not sure how that works, but, but yes, I'm going on a, on a tour this time, not as long as my first one, but I'm starting back East. I'll be in New York and the tri-state area, New Jersey. And then I head to Chicago and then I'll be heading to Austin, Texas. And then I'll be heading back home to LA for a couple places here. Awesome. That's exciting. When does that start? My very first date of signing is actually here in LA before I go to New York, and that is on the 24th. Okay. Of September, yeah. Awesome. Are you excited for that? I am excited, yeah. Okay. Do people buy tickets or? Yeah, a lot of them. All, all, the, all the cities are actually on my website. You can get them through my socials. They're also on my publisher's website, but it's much probably much easier to navigate them online. But it has pre-ticket sales you can do on some of them. Some of them you can actually go and do, but... The pre-sale stuff as as a book, as an author, is so extremely important. People don't understand that, yes, it's great to buy the book on the day that it comes out, but the pre-sales is really where it's all about. Okay, so last question. Can you tell people where they can pre-order the book, where they can find it, where they can find you on social media, all the things. So all my socials are the same. It's my name, Tiffany Thiessen. I just recently got on TikTok. Oh, lady got on TikTok. So TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, of course, you can go on my website, tiffanythiessen.com, and you'll see exactly where all the outlets of where you can buy. It's all the major retailers and a lot of the books. We're pretty much all bookstores, you know, that's where you can find it. But if you want specific places, you can find that on my website or on my socials. Amazing. So when people have leftovers or you are looking at leftover food at a restaurant on someone's plate, are you instantly like scanning it and being like, what can I make with this? 
Or just, I'd love to go over there and tell them. I'm like, please tell me you're not letting them take that away. Yeah. Get a doggy bag. Get a doggy bag, girl. Bring it home. It's funny. I was thinking about this is like a free idea. You should have a show where people just finish their dinner or something and they have all these leftovers and you like pop in and do the leftover meals. I know. I think it's genius. It would be fun. Yeah. It could be fun. Yeah, it could be really fun. Amazing. Well, this was <laughs> such a great conversation. Thank you so much for yeah, coming on. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate of it. Of course. And it was super fun. Good luck with everything. And I'm excited to get Thank my you. hands on this book. Oh, thanks, honey. I appreciate it.